0: I think to get worried about these valuations.
1: Yes, and I think if the market continues to go down in the uh, magnitude that it has the last, uh, say, three days, they're going to worry more about it. The difference, of course, is that those five companies you mentioned, most of them have solid products that have really benefited from the work from home movement, and they are indeed overvalued. And as
0: Patrick has asserted, it's bubble territory but it's not at all assured that they're going to come substantially down. Okay. Well, sadly, we've run out of time. Thank you all very much indeed. You heard our international economics correspondent, Barry Wood, there. Also, Patrick Bennett, macro strategist at CIBC World Markets. And Iris Pang, chief greater China economist at ING Wholesale Banking. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this morning. Uh, First of all, the the ASX200 in Australia is off a third of a percent. Uh, In Japan, stocks moving the other way. The Nikkei 225 up about a third of a percent. Stocks flat in South Korea. Uh, The Hang Seng looks like it's going to add about 120 points at the open in just under an hour's time. Let me tell you about tomorrow's Money Talk. Special show tomorrow. We're going to be launching our Operation Santa Claus annual charity auction. And like last year, it's all online. We're auctioning staycations, dining experiences, beauty and pamper vouchers, art, many, many things now available. And we're going to invite bids over a 24-hour period, starting from 8.25 in Money Talk tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by the Consul General of Finland, who's going to help me launch the auction. But you're welcome to take a look now at what's available and register in advance to bid. All you need to do is go to the RTHK homepage, www.rthk.hk forward slash Radio 3. Click on the link there and that will take you to the auction site. Do please stay tuned uh, to Radio 3 for back chat with Jim Gould and Anna Fenton in just a moment. The weather forecast, sunny intervals. Warm during the day, maximum temperature of about 20 degrees, warm tomorrow as well. Uh, It's 21 degrees right now, 81% relative humidity.
2: Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Remember to cast your vote in the Legislative Council general election on December 19th. 8.32 and a half, Todd
3: Harding has the half hour news. The government has rejected what it called unfounded allegations about Hong Kong in the latest six-monthly report from the British Foreign Office. Priscilla Ng has more.
4: The report, compiled by the UK's Foreign Commonwealth and Development Affairs Office, criticized the introduction of the national security law in Hong Kong, saying it had eroded civil freedoms and said judicial independence was under threat. It also criticized sweeping changes to Hong Kong's electoral system that were introduced earlier this year. But in a statement, the Hong Kong government called on London to stop interfering with China's internal affairs, saying the national security law ensured the resolute, full and faithful implementation implementation of the policy of one country, two systems. It said the electoral reforms ensured that legislative council members are patriotic, love Hong Kong and act in the best interests of the country.
3: Guangzhou has placed an area under lockdown after the city reported its first Omicron coronavirus infection. It's the second case of the variant after one was found in the northern city of Tianjin on Monday. The Guangzhou case involves a 67-year-old man who returned from overseas late last month and repeatedly tested negative for COVID-19 during quarantine. He returned home on Saturday and tested positive on Sunday. The head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, has warned that the new Omicron variant is spreading at an unprecedented rate. He added that it's probably already present in most countries around the world. Dr Tedros told a news conference it was wrong to think the variant only caused mild illness because it could overwhelm unprepared health systems.
1: Countries can and must prevent the spread of Omicron with measures that work today. It's not vaccines instead of masks. It's not vaccines instead of distancing. It's not vaccines instead of ventilation or hand
5: hygiene. Do it all.
3: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
6: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Anna Fenton. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, everybody. On this morning's programme, uh, teaching history to school students and ethnic minority children uh, learning Chinese. Hong Kong primary school has faced uh, criticism after pupils reportedly as young as six were made to watch graphic footage of the Nanjing massacre, leaving some frightened and in tears. The video was endorsed by the Education Bureau, which included scenes of Japanese soldiers uh, killing Chinese civilians, as well as fields uh, littered with the dead. Asked about the controversy on Tuesday, Chief Executive Carrie Lam said the government would not order teachers to use certain materials and it was a matter of professional judgment by school staff. Meanwhile, one principal said it was the first year that schools had been asked to mark the massacre and officials had not given schools enough time to prepare, having only notified them on November the 22nd. From 9.15, we'll be looking into how ethnic minority children in Hong Kong learn Chinese. Let us know your thoughts on either of these topics. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on 233 Joining us now for our main discussion, we have here in our studio in Broadcasting House, Mervyn Cheung, who's the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. And in our admiralty studio, we have uh, Chim Hongming, who's a principal of uh, Chu Cheung School, Hong Kong and which is a primary school and is also chairman of the Council of Central and Western District school heads and on the line we have uh, Edward Vickers who's professor of comparative education at uh, Kyushu University in Japan. Um, uh, Mervyn Chung if we can start with you. Uh, Thanks for coming in again. So obviously there's been a great deal of controversy over the way that the children were shown these pictures. Uh, What's your view of it?
1: uh basically I, I think um history is history and uh, so
7: mr Chung could i stop you there uh, a lot of people listening to this won't know the significance of the nanking massacre do you think you could just explain please why uh, what happened and when uh
1: in in the year 1937 um uh, they then called uh um japanese imperial troops uh, sees a pretext of uh, uh, one or two Japanese soldiers being uh, killed by the Chinese. Uh, they they uh, raided, uh, they invaded uh, the northeast of China, the northeast of China, and then all the way uh, marched towards uh, Nanjing, um, the then capital city mm-hmm. of, of, of the uh, of, of the Chinese administration under uh, Kuomintang, and. <clears throat> In, um, that's uh, December the 13th of 1937. And then in the two weeks following, uh, it's reported that the, the Imperial troops of Japan all together killed it, uh, around 300,000 Chinese civilians and uh, in very br- uh, brutal ways. For instance, um, the Chinese civilians were buried alive, and many others were shot uh, in the head. And babies were not spared at o- uh, also. Uh, in the footage, in, in the video footage, we, we, we can easily find babies lying on the ground without any care and uh, uh, died altogether. So that's why we call it Nanjing Massacre.
7: Mm, thank you for explaining
6: so, yeah, obviously this was a terrible historical incident, and of course it must be taught in schools, but how about the way it's taught to, to young primary school children? Yeah, basically I think history is history,
1: and it shouldn't be avoided or, or modified. It. And then to, um, what uh, the, uh, the government uh, wants to do is to develop through school uh, schools a sense of... Uh, uh, national identity and also a strong sense of commitment, belonging towards their mother country that is China. And so uh, this is the primary mission. But then the method so vary considerably depending on the list, uh, at least the context of the schools as well as the, mature, uh, the level of maturity of the students. So. Uh, of course the the uh, controversy that happened at this time is that um, whether or not the video footage that 's uh, used to show the tragic historical incident is really uh, uh, fitting for primary uh, pupils at the age of say uh, six uh, six to seven so uh, this is open to discussion but then I think um, <clears throat> This is the first time that such in, a formal introduction of Lanjing massacre uh, in schools across the territory that was done. So um, there's room for, de- uh, for development and improvement. And already the EDB, the Education Bureau, has uh, undertaken to enrich and also to improve the materials and also the toolkits that will be given to, to schools. So let's see.
6: Chim uh, Hongming, uh, good morning to you Morning So how did your school uh, commemorate the uh, 84th anniversary
2: of the Nanjing Massacre And what about the other schools in your district as well? Um, first of all, uh, in my school, um, on that morning, we through the PA system uh, Our teachers in charge uh, explained us, um, the thing, that ha- what happened uh, in Nanjing in a... Uh, 1937 and then uh, to tell the te- to tell the students that uh we have to bear in mind history has happened so um it is a tragedy and then uh, but w- we are looking forward to the peace because um the most important thing is that we learn from the history and then you have to find a way to keeping peace that that is the main uh, uh theme of that morning and after that we have a, a moment of silence to you know to memorize the, the death and then to um to bear in mind that they sacrificed themselves and then that's that's why we have nowadays uh, the situation nowadays yeah uh, and uh i don't know what, what 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 do the other schools do this at uh, that morning because i didn't ask them
7: so, how do you, given the brain development of a six-year-old and their cognitive abilities, how do you contextualize this kind of information to a six-year-old?
2: I think um, it's it's not difficult for us to um, to divide this, um, you know, the, the context or the materials for different levels of uh, students. Because of, uh, for P one, P two, P three, because they're too young, uh, it it doesn't mean that we we need to um, how to say to. Um, share with them so complicated because uh, this, um, the information maybe is too um, how to say uh, it's not too suitable for them to to watch or, or, or to to know. so uh, as, a, as a school, I think we have the professional judgment on how to uh, select or how to uh, identify which kind of materials is suitable for which levels of students.
7: And do you contextualise this with a discussion afterwards and an explanation of what it means to little children?
2: Uh, because uh, the time is not enough, because, you know, uh, in, nowadays, uh, at present time, we just have half-day school, so the time is quite tight. After we uh, explain the situation through the PA system and then... Um, do the you know the uh, moments of silence i think uh, i haven't had time to uh discuss with the uh, lower primary students but we i i think all the students are quite uh, how to say they, they don't have any negative uh, response to what we have done on monday okay well let's bring in
6: uh, edward vickers who's a professor of comparative education at uh, kyushu university which of course uh, is in japan good morning to you
5: Or I should say, (laughs) good night. I'm I'm in England at
6: the moment. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks for staying up late uh, to join uh, in our program. And um, so the, uh, the, the, the. the, the, the footage that was shown on this occasion in this uh, w- one particular school in Hong Kong—I mean, it was pretty graphic—the footage of the uh, nineteen thirty-seven Nanjing Massacre. Um, um, do you think such uh, images, uh, it's appropriate to show those two young children?
5: Uh, well, I should say I'm also the father of a six-year-old, right. and uh, um, no, it's clearly inappropriate. Um... Uh, to show those sorts of images to six year olds but at the same time i can I can understand how it's come about um, in Hong Kong in the present climate uh, because schools and teachers i think um, if they if if they take delivery of a package on national education from the government and they're instructed that Um, or or advise that they ought to commemorate uh, the Nanjing massacre and and, and here is this package that um, is recommended for use in schools Uh, they're going to feel under I think considerable pressure to use it Um, and they may be fearful of potential consequences of of not using it Uh, and so although you would hope that schools and teachers would feel able to exercise professional judgment uh, and, 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 you know, conclude that it is clearly inappropriate to show this kind of material to six year olds. um, You know, I can see why some may have hesitated to exercise their judgment um, at the present time. And and let me just say, I mean, Mr. Jern a couple of times used the phrase history is history. And as a professor at a Japanese university, let me just um, say that the Nanjing Massacre is definitely history. It, it was an awful atrocity. Uh, it um, deserves to be commemorated. Uh, uh, it deserves to be remembered, not least in Japan, where it's insufficiently um, remembered. Um, and so you know, I wouldn't for a second deny the importance and significance of that event. But when we're talking about how history is taught in schools, um, history teaching is always necessarily selective. Um, And, you know, so we're always making choices about what history we're going to teach to children, what history we regard as of particular importance or relevance, and what is the point of presenting children with images of the Nanjing Massacre? Is it um, to emphasise the, the, the horrors of political violence, uh, the horrors of war, the dangers of peace, the, the, the you know the dangers of uh, ideology, nationalist, totalitarian, whatever? Uh, the effects that that can have in terms of dehumanizing are uh, those we 're taught to regard as enemies and thus legitimating brutality against them i mean I would have thought that 's an important lesson to, to, to learn from studying or remembering this kind of incident so, so what message
7: what message do you think small children unsophisticated small children would receive from seeing this sort of material at a very primary and prima I, level. Well,
5: I'm not sure children at the age of six would would necessarily gain any sort of coherent message from being presented with these sorts of materials, other than, you know, to be traumatised by them. I'm not sure I would be able to explain to my six-year-old son, you know, what's going on in these videos and why this is happening. Um, and I, I, I challenge, you know... Any of the other contributors to this program to say what whether they think any differently, um, and I would also say that if the point is to uh, teach children of any age about the horrors of political violence, the dangers of dehumanising people, uh, you know, through this sort of ideological, nationalist, totalitarian extremism, there are. Other examples of political violence of more direct relevance to Hong Kong, uh, to Hong Kong people, uh, the so Chinese war.
7: Civil War, yeah, okay. Leap
5: forward uh, the Cultural Revolution.
4: You know, these are
5: these are instances of political violence that actually, you know, are as a consequence of which the. Uh, grandparents, great grandparents of most people who live in Hong Kong now, that's why they're there. Um, And so, you know, if we want to reinforce a message about uh, the potential of nationalism, totalitarianism, ideological extremism of, of whatever kind, to dehumanize the other, then those are also events that deserve to be commemorated um, far more than they are at the moment.
6: Okay, so, uh, Chin Hong Ming, um, the chief executive did say that uh, the government would not order teachers to use certain materials. I mean, I mean did, did the schools, were they supplied with a, a variety of materials, and was it then up to
2: the schools or the individual teachers to, to choose which ones to use? Yes, of course. are uh, First of all, I, I want to say that I, I don't agree with uh, Professor Wickers because uh, as a principal, uh, I don't feel any pressure from the Education Bureau. After I received the documents and the circulars, I just share this with my teachers in charge, and he has the autonomy to t- select right. or what is going to do or what will be uh, delivered. The students it, it is up to the schools um, decision judgment. Uh, frankly speaking um, of course under uh, current uh, phenom- uh, uh you know the, the situation we all think that uh, schools may under a lot of pressures from governments because we, we need to uh, to teach uh, national education uh, security law something like that but um I'm I'm quite I have the confidence that even uh, we school principals or teachers we have the um, professional way or judgment to select what kind of things we are going to teach the students Um, so that's why I'm not quite um, um, agree what mr. Professor Wickers just said of course um, the time for example we received the circular on uh, 22nd of uh, November uh, maybe the time span for us to prepare may not be that enough from some, for some schools, maybe. So, and also, um, it is the first time we, we received the notification from the um, Education Bureau that we need to, uh, to do something to memorize um, the, the Nanjing massacre. Um, but uh, uh, that is the first time. So maybe we have tried and then find out the best way to do it. Next time, because uh, I, I believe that in the coming futures, every year we, we have so many things to to do to uh, make sure our gen, uh, our students uh, know more about what happened to our country. It is not only in Hong Kong. It is related to all of us, right? Mm.
6: Okay, um, yeah, sure. Edward Vickers says, interesting that you said that in Japan... The teaching about the Nanjing Massacre is uh, insufficient. Um, could you tell us a bit more about that?
5: Well, yes. I mean, it certainly is insufficient. I mean, first of all, it's not referred to as a massacre in um, Japanese history textbooks, uh, and there's been a, a there's been increasing control censorship of history textbooks in Japan over the last decade or so, Um, uh, and so there's there's less variety than there used to be amongst different textbook editions. Um, it's, It's quite clear that the education ministry is effectively requiring textbook publishers to tone down their coverage of incidents like the Nanjing Massacre. There's, there's, there's no acknowledgement in history textbooks in Japan now of the comfort women um, uh, 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 issue uh, during the Second World War. There's, there's no mention in current editions of things like, or, 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 or very, very little of uh, unit 731, the, uh, the Japanese Army's...
6: Uh, experimental and, on, on, on prisoners of uh, war. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the
5: experimental facility in, in Manchuria. So, um, yeah, I mean there are, there are serious problems. So, so with,
6: is, 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 is this an, uh, an ongoing process, you say, in the current versions of the textbooks? So, so is, is this a, a gradual process to remove those parts of history that perhaps the authorities don't want taught to students?
5: Uh, that has been happening in Japan, um, and, and at the same time, when the history of the Second World War is taught in Japan, there's a great emphasis on the atomic bombings of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Um, but I mean, you know, so I, I, I have no brief for um, you know the, the quality of history education in Japan. I've, I've, I've written Uh, articles that have been extremely critical of it, but um, I I mean, what's quite clear is that that there's a pattern across East Asia, and not only in East Asia, you see it in other parts of the world as well, but particularly evident in East Asia of a sort of um, competitive, politics of competitive victimhood. So every society, and this is particularly obvious in relation to the history of World War II, every society is trying to claim uh, a sort of, or stake a unique claim to victimhood, or or assert that its victimhood is incomparably greater uh, than um, that of its neighbours. I.e. that they Uh, were the victims
7: of persecution.
5: That's right. That's Mm. right. And and in, in China the Nanjing Massacre is held up, uh, uh, and this has been a, a growing trend since the 1990s, uh, but it's, it's come to be venerated as a sort of Chinese equivalent to the Nazi holocaust in Europe. Um, and I mean, for various reasons, I don't think those uh, atrocities are comparable, although the Nanjing Massacre clearly is an awful atrocity.
6: Well, well, yeah, uh, y- yes, right. I mean, it was a, a dreadful atrocity, and, and also the, I mean, the, the, the Chinese version of the Nanjing Massacre is what we were taught in the West. I mean, in terms of the figures, the number of people who were, who were uh, uh, massacred, three hundred thousand, um, you know, over over a particular period of time. Um, the Mm. The Chinese version, um, yeah. you know, resonates with uh, what what you know, how we understand it, uh, or people in the West understand yeah, but, it. But right? I would
5: I would return to my earlier point and, and say, you know, there are, there are a lot of unfortunately there are a lot of atrocities in modern and contemporary Chinese history. Uh, the Nanjing Massacre and the atrocities committed by the Japanese in um, wartime China are, are certainly terrible and deserve to be. Uh, remembered and uh, studied and reflected upon. Uh, But they are easy atrocities to discuss in China. They're easy because they involve evil foreigners doing these things to Chinese people. The more difficult, but I think more important, atrocities to remember in some ways, precisely because they are more difficult, are atrocities committed by Chinese People against other Chinese people. So atrocities connected, for example, with the the Guomindang communist civil war, which actually killed more people than the Japanese uh, did in, in the long years that they were uh, waging war against China. The Great Leap Forward, which killed far more people again. Uh, the Cultural Revolution, which was an awful, uh, um, you know, decade of atrocities. These are not uh, discussed, taught, understood, remembered enough, uh, either on the Chinese mainland or in Hong Kong. And they are of, I would say, far more direct relevance to Hong Kong than uh, the Nanjing Massacre is actually.
7: Is there not some hypocrisy here? Uh, you know, it was the British that invented concentration camps. It was the British and the Belgians and various other countries that went around committing colonial atrocities. But these well, are not taught in problem. British schools.
5: Um, well, there would be hypocrisy if I was defending that, and I'm not. Mm. I mean, uh, it's perfectly true to say that the history of um, the British Empire and uh, of the sort of the, the, the many awful things that the British did, their colonies is not sufficiently taught in British
6: OK, OK, um. OK. Thanks. I, I th- I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, we're going to have to pause it there because uh, uh, we take a break at nine o'clock for the news summary. And, and I believe um, you have to uh, leave us at nine o'clock our time. So, uh, so thanks very much, uh, Edward Vickers, Professor of Comparative uh, Education at Kyushu uh, University. Um, uh, so our other guests, uh, please stay with us. I've got some more emails to read out after nine o'clock. Uh, quick look at the weather. Sunny intervals today. Top temperature around 24 degrees. It's currently 21 degrees. Uh, humidity is at
2: 76%. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Remember to cast your vote in the Legislative Council general election on December 19th.
6: And welcome back to Back Chat uh, with Anna Fenton and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, the teaching of history in schools, uh, uh, particularly after the uh, controversy over a video which was shown as part of the uh, uh, commemoration of the Nanjing Massacre in uh, 1937, 84th anniversary of the Nanjing Massacre. Uh, we have with us Mervyn Cheung, who's chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group, and uh, Chim Hon Ming, who's a principal of uh, Chu Sheng School, Hong Kong, and is also chairman of the Council of Central and Western District School Heads. Just before we resume our, our discussion with our guests, I uh, have a statement here, actually, from the Education Bureau. It uh, says, uh, Uh, The 13th of December is... The National Memorial Day for Nanjing Massacre victims, the Nanjing Massacre and the War of Resistance against Japanese Aggression are both parts of the school curriculum. With an ultimate aim of teaching students to cherish peace and to commemorate the victims of the Nanjing Massacre, the Education Bureau this year provided a commemorative activity plan on Remember History, Cherish Peace, 84th anniversary of Nanjing Massacre, for schools' reference and adoption based on their own context and needs. It in Enable students to learn about the hardships brought by the war, the fleeing of citizens and the resistance of our soldiers and people. While the massacre signifies our national sorrow, the aggression of Japanese military forces are drawn condemnation the world over. As this tragic history is true, no one can evade it. The EDB has also designed a PowerPoint resource kit for schools reference. The PowerPoint provides a list of different types of reference materials such as video clips, extended readings, information of museums, multimedia resources, etc. It has been stated clearly in the circular memorandum as well as the PowerPoint issued to schools that teachers can select the appropriate teaching materials or choose to broadcast parts of the video clips which are deemed appropriate. This is where professionalism in education comes into play. Contact information of uh, EDB has been provided in the circular. should there be any inquiries from schools and teachers. The video clip concerned, including the documentary part was broadcast on a local non-charging TV channel and uploaded onto the internet. It is in the public domain for viewing by the public any time. The video clip also cautions up front that some scenes in the following video clips may cause viewers to feel disturbed. Uh, through lesson preparation teachers can decide whether and how to use the documentary concerned according to their students age mental well-being and school context when using pictures and video clips related to wars teachers would demonstrate their professionalism by giving appropriate guidance to students t- to cater for student learning the EDB did not mandate schools to broadcast the video clip concerned based on school context and professional judgments schools could use the teaching materials flexibly to suit their needs More importantly, schools and teachers always have professional autonomy in deciding how to teach to best match the purpose and learning activity. One more uh, paragraph. Uh, War is by nature cruel, thus uh, we must learn from history the values of cherishing peace, respecting life, forgiving others and loving our country. EDB will work together with the education sector to provide more learning materials for schools and teachers. With reference to the experience gained this time, schools and teachers should carefully select age-appropriate materials for younger students to reach the goal of history education. We hope different sectors of the community would understand that learning the history of our country is essential for the well-being of our next generation and it is important to place trust in the education profession and the guidance of teachers and not be misled by biased and ungrounded commentaries. Uh, That from the Education Bureau. Um, Mervyn Cheung, I think uh, uh, you you wanted to respond to uh, one of the points uh, that Edward Vickers was making before nine o'clock?
1: Yeah, uh, I... have a, uh, a different view on on you know, on what he uh, brought up to, in, in the first session of, of the back chat uh, he said that uh, we he, he seemed to have compared to the Nanjing massacre with uh, what he considered atrocities in 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 the Chinese history that were committed by by the Chinese themselves uh, against the Chinese now um what I I need to point out is that um, the Nanjing Massacre is a tragic in, uh, incident um, triggered by the Japanese in a form of a large-scale um, invasion into China. So it, I, I think it's a, it's a it's rather different from what he pointed out as a, a similar atrocities. Now, um, what what I think is. Um, the edb is right in now of course this is the first uh, attempt to uh more formally um introduce the history regarding the Lanjing massacre in the 1930s and um the um the purpose as spelled out by the edb in its theme uh, remember history Cherish peace it's not to ask students to perpetuate with hatred and take whatever opportunity available to avenge themselves uh, of, the, of the Japanese over the past uh, <coughs> uh, Nanjing uh, massacre. So it's uh, remember history, but at the same time forward looking. Um, to teach students to look forward to a peaceful world and uh, never be engaged. Uh, whosoever in the uh, in the t- at- atrocities that happened in our history, so I think it's uh, it's far and it's worth uh, being remembered and, 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 and be taught on the part of the of the students. Uh, and a lot of the materials are exactly uh, f- uh, suitable for for the young ch- uh, for the young children. Uh, that, uh, you know, I think that this is a question that can be resolved uh, through the experience in the first attempt uh, so I do hope that the EDB will meet with school heads or the teachers responsible for uh, mounting such activities or programs so that they can get, it, get it, uh, the experience uh, and at the same time consolidate them for you know, better implementation of program in the future.
7: So how can the parents get involved here? Because we're hearing that it's between, it's down to the teachers. So surely then the parents should have a say in this.
1: Yeah, parents can also contribute. Their, uh, well, we will experience in 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 in, this, uh, uh, in, in such teaching because um, um, the children might tell them about their their feelings, their sentiments afterwards. Mm-hmm. So these things can be channeled. Uh, to the schools, uh, to the teachers, uh, so that uh, that can also be, you know, those things can also be taken into
6: consideration when the whole thing is being reviewed. Mm. Uh, Mr. Chim, do, do you agree with that? Uh, do you agree with Mervin Chong that the, the, the Education Bureau, they've got the tone of this right, uh, remember history, cherish peace?
2: Yes, of course, because uh, I, I was learning history when I was uh, in the tertiary education, and I'm a qualified history teacher. So that's why I totally agree with Mr. Zheng that teaching history is really important. Um, and also I agree with Mr. Zheng that we cannot mix the history, for example, um, the, the, the things happening in, um, uh, uh, within China and then the things happening because of the invasion from other countries because it's, it's totally different, right? That, that's, that's very important. H- have you seen uh, much change much development in the
6: way history is taught over over the years especially uh, particularly chinese history
2: i'm not sure because after i graduated i, I worked in uh, primary school in primary school we we didn't have a uh, you know a, a single out uh, a history subject we just uh, we, we taught histories in uh, how to say in the past it is in uh, so uh, I don't know remember the the, the subject but now we, we integrated it, it uh, in uh, general studies uh, of course in general studies it, it, it related to different aspects you know different um, things some related to science some relating to uh, technology or uh uh, you know individual health, history, geography. but I think uh, at present we have to think more how to um, integrate the history um, information or knowledge in and more in in our um, primary curriculum or even in a, you know secondary curriculum, especially uh, I remember that these two years Chinese histories uh, become a subject now in in a lower form, right? So how does
6: history teaching now compared with uh, pre-1997
2: when Hong Kong was uh, still under uh, British colonial rule? Um, I just remember that when I was a secondary boy, um, we have history and Chinese history, um, but uh, we seldom learn about the things happened um, in China or... I don't know whether it is, a, a, how to say, the, the colonial government plan to do that, but we, we know little about China. But I think nowadays, because we, 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 were, we, we are under one country, right? We, we are Chinese. So that's why I think we have to put more time to let our kids know more about what happened in our own country. Because it, it is a kind of national identity. We need to know what, what happened. And what our ancestors done, and then we can learn from the past. And then, just like Mister Zhang or Education Bureau said, that we are going to cherish the peace. We are not going to to hatred others, right? Hmm. Uh,
6: yes. Yeah. Sure. So, so Mervin Chung, do yes. you think uh, Hong Kong students are getting a, a, a rounded, a full, comprehensive picture of Chinese history in schools? Uh. Much better in these days. Uh, yeah, let me
1: let me uh, respond to uh, mm-hmm. Principal Jim. Uh, when I did my secondary school course in 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 the 70s, uh, my study of Chinese history end uh, in the year of uh, uh, 1911. Just mm-hmm. just stop at the uh, the successful successful com- mm-hmm. uh, completion of of uh, of the revolution. Yeah, Sun Sonia- uh, Sonia- Yat-sen. He- uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, we, we, uh, we learned about the Chinese history in the post 1911 period entirely on, 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 on our own. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a question of uh, curriculum planning to pursue in those days. And of course, uh, we need to, to do a lot of catching up to in, in, in this respect. But now, to, uh, in these days, our children are, are very lucky because they, they did they They have been given the chance of uh, doing this history until what we call modern china uh, the birth of uh, new china after nineteen nineteen forty nine yeah and and i think um in the in the study of Lanjing uh, massacre, probably the authorities also want the students to understand and learn some of the posit- positive values uh displayed that uh, pursued by the the Chinese nationals uh, during the uh, the tragic uh, event. For instance, the the courage, perseverance and uh, solidarity and also commitments towards the the nation uh, as manifested by the Chinese soldiers and also the citizens in the very hard uh, resistance against the the Japanese uh, uh, invasion.
6: Uh, and how about other elements of uh, Chinese history? Uh, do, are, they, are they adequately taught? Uh, I, you know, since, um, you know, developments uh, since 1949, I mean, there's uh, uh, many, many things have taken place, obviously, in, uh, in China d- during that period. Now, it's always uh, emphasized by
1: the, by, the, um, by the leaderships in Beijing that um, um, Chinese nationals and also the Chinese government Lever uh, does any invasion in, 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 into other countries. Mm. Mm. And uh, judging from its uh, policy and also helped um, uh, given to the developing world, uh, it's is a kind of a multilateral environment. It's really multi, uh, the uh, pursuance of multilateralism. They would need to, what well, China is not uh, aiming at, co prosperity, and that would lead to. World, well peace and stability. I think this kind of values are being and have been uh, instilled
6: into the minds of the students. Right. Okay. Uh, just before we bring this part of the programme to a close, uh, uh, Mr Chim, uh, did you have another point to make? Did you want to add, add anything there?
2: Um no thanks. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, all right.
6: Well, I, okay, it's 15 I know you have to uh, you have to go now. So thank you very much for joining thank us. You. Uh, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. That was uh Chim Hong Ming, uh, principal of uh, Chu Sheng School, Hong Kong, uh, also chairman of the Council of Central and Western District School Heads. And thank you very much to uh, Mervin Chung, the chairman of the Hong Kong Edu- Education Policy Concern Group. Uh, interesting uh, discussion this morning. Thank you very much uh, Mervin Chung. Um For the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the programme this morning, we're going to switch uh, our attention to another uh, matter, and that is also education-related teaching of uh, English for ethnic minority children. Um, So a new study has uh, been released uh, by Hong Kong Unison, which is uh, an organisation which uh, works to support uh, uh, ethnic minorities uh, in Hong Kong. um, And we're joined... On the line now by Felix Chung, Ph- Phyllis Chung, Executive Director of Hong Kong Unison. Uh, Phyllis Chung, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much. Um, So looking at your study, um, you uh, have a number of uh, recommendations for the Education Bureau uh, involving planning uh, orientation for ethnic minority families, um, uh, class preparation, uh, making sure that uh, uh, ethnic minority students are properly welcomed into their learning environment, uh, and a number of other recommendations. uh, where should we start? What's the most What's, what's the most important thing? Do you th- uh, o- o- also um, What comes through very clearly is Let's start young. I mean, you're talking about, talking about kindergarten education and primary schools.
4: Yes, exactly. Um, So, actually, this is about the teaching of um, Chinese. Uh, You mentioned teaching of English at the beginning. Sorry, did I say
6: say teaching English? (laughs) That's all right. Oh, I'm I'm, sorry. Slip slip, slip of the tongue. Of course, it's teaching of Chinese for ethnic minority children.
4: Teaching of Chinese to ethnic minority students. Um, uh, Because we do realise that um, a lot of the ethnic minority uh, students in schools these days, uh, although... Uh, most Most of them are actually um, born and raised in Hong Kong, and so if they start young actually um, and if they build a very good uh, chinese uh, foundation then um, it could have it could save um, the government a lot of funding um, in the end so um, what we see is uh, welcoming procedures, orientation for parents, and meeting with parents are very important in these other uh, in, in the countries we study. we studied um, Germany, Finland, and also um, Ontario, Canada uh, whereas in Hong Kong, um, parents inform us that um, they as think minority parents say usually with kindergartens um, they don 't have a very close relationship with kindergartens, and um, more so even to this day. Uh, parents do face discrimination and do face difficulties of placing their children in um, mainstream kindergartens. So they usually would say, because your your child doesn't your child doesn't speak. Um, Cantonese that doesn't speak Chinese so this kindergarten is not appropriate why don't you go to kindergartens that you know um, um, use English as a medium of instruction but the thing is um, but, but
7: Phyllis, sorry yes, to stop you ahead. there, if we're talking about the Nepalese community or the Pakistani community, English is not necessarily their language either
4: exactly, exactly and that's the point um, that, that that's not their first language either and they have um, they have to learn Learn English, so we see kindergartens need a um, a mindset change because that's education and kindergartens is the place where they can learn the language, right? And if the reasons of not speaking the language um, deters them to enter these kindergartens, then. It's it's not gonna help the situation. And um we understand the government has done um a lot of things, but we hope that they could also add some um, some some policies and some measures. For example, for schools that actually um, receive funding for ethnic minority students in kindergartens, can the government do one more step and make sure that they have to do some orientation, some welcoming um some welcoming procedures uh, so that the family feels welcome and they don't feel uh, and the child doesn't feel neglected and parents know what's going on in the in the kindergarten.
7: Mm. Can I just say this isn't a matter for what we classically consider ethnic minorities is it? Having been through the experience of trying to put my daughter through the local Chinese system we came straight up against this too in that there's no support with homework there's no support with expectations, and you've no idea what level of competency your kid has achieved. Exactly. Yes.
4: Yes. And um, and 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 so with um, the the three countries we study, actually, there are legislation. So I guess um, that helps with monitoring and also evaluation making sure that things are actually um, going on because we also noticed and it's not just um, unison the audit commission also sees that um, reports that uh, some schools have not fully utilized the funding um, and so I mean, they, they, they're giving the funding, so resources, financial resources, are there. But how the schools use them, and if they use them effectively, I don't think this has been um, followed uh, too in, in, intensely.
7: Do they use so, the money to Im- to employ extra staff members or not? Because I'm hearing they, they don't.
4: Uh, they can. So, there are different ways that they can use the funding, but some schools um, would say the funding because it's not um, it's not a like a um, uh, it's the same amount across the board. It depends on how many students the school how many ethnic minority students the school takes in so um, so sometimes schools say it's not enough to hire a full time teacher or an additional staff. But with our experience, um, we think we, with our experience, we see that even um, we've been running some online classes due to COVID. Some online Chinese enhancement classes. So these are not tutorial classes. These are really, you know, um, teaching classes. And we're we're talking about um, three three days of about a thirty minute class for kindergarten students. And parents um, reflected that they they're doing much better in school already. So we're we're saying, you know, you don't really need an additional full time staff. It's um more uh more more Chinese time with the students to and to enhance and to also um improve their Chinese proficiency. And also let to let parents know how their child uh, does in Chinese. Because um we see parents either think their children's Chinese is not good enough. So um they would place them in schools with concentrated with ethnic minority students because they likely, um, could not get into the very good band one English schools. Or the other way is they think that Chinese, um, their children's Chinese proficiency is good. And once they get into primary school where actually Chinese is the language of instruction, then children suffer. And, um, what we see is, they own. They don't only suffer in um, uh, in academic achievement, uh, because everything is all, all the subjects that are taught in Chinese. Um, they actually feel uh, very defeated, and um, and they they feel very unhappy in school. And so that's why we think um, with the government, one social worker, one in one school system, social workers can also be. Um, Be taught to raise awareness on
6: the psychosocial aspect of the children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And how about uh, teachers' professional competence? Uh, uh, You mentioned that in the three areas that you studied, uh, Germany, Finland, the province of Ontario and Canada, uh, teachers who uh, work in this area, they're required to have uh, relevant professional qualifications in order to teach ethnic minorities. What's the situation here?
4: Um, yeah, in, in Hong Kong, um, it doesn't matter um, because uh, there is no uh, uh, criteria to teach ethnic minority students, whether uh, teaching them um, uh, general subjects or, uh, or Chinese. So um, we they, they don't need any relevant professional qualifications, whereas the other countries we see, they actually receive either um uh, teacher, teacher training or professional development. And even in daycares, we see that in, um, in Germany, uh, they have, they have an early, um, early years language proficiency, proficiency program. And, they actually provide guidance and counseling and also on the job training for daycare center workers so that they can stimulate the children in in german in german like in 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 speaking and understanding german so this is um this is lacking in hong kong uh first i mean not even in daycare centers uh teachers and uh, be it kindergarten teachers or primary school teachers, they actually don't have any professional they are they, not required to have any professional um, qualifications and I think the government um, should really um, push more uh, we, I remember um, during uh, the, the last uh, CE election, the chief executive election um, Mrs. Carrie Lam did did mention that um, she, would give, she, she would want uh, a professional ladder for teachers with special qualifications, for example, in teaching um, Chinese as a second language or uh, the special needs education children. So I hope this can be done and provide more incentive uh, to teachers. And I hope this can be, this can be realized before her term of uh, the end of her uh, government. Mm.
6: OK, well, thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, that was uh, Phyllis Cheung there, Executive uh, Director of uh, Hong Kong Unison. And uh, just before we uh, say goodbye at the end of this particular episode of Back Chats, uh, we've got a few more emails here relating to our main topic uh, this morning, and that was on the teaching of history, uh, particularly in relation to the... nanjing massacre uh david says that if you want happy children you have to show them happy things who in their right mind would put horrific videos in front of primary kids the education bureau needs to kick up the rear end uh simon says that rather than talk about nanjing how about the edb spend more time talking about when kids can go to school for a full day and go to school without wearing a mask um Hugh says teachers may have the autonomy but feel the pressure to conform. Yes. Um, Barbara on Facebook says, uh, I was startled when I came to Hong Kong over 15 years ago uh, to discover Hong Kong people uh, adore uh, everything Japanese. As a Chinese, we can learn from good good sides uh, from Japan but never forget history. We watch movies about the invasion of uh, the... uh, I think that should be invasion by uh, the Japanese army from our primary school times. Um, Alan says, uh, while the theme of the the EDB's approach is correct, the way it was promulgated with the pressure put on the schools was not the distinction between the Nanjing massacre and what happened in China in other incidents, such as the Tiananmen Square massacre, should be equally taught if history is history. Um, And uh, Peter says... uh, Uh, A question for the back chat team. Why do we have to listen to a British professor who is teaching at a Japanese university telling us how Chinese history should be selectively taught in Hong Kong? Uh, Professor Vickers has no knowledge of the Hong Kong curriculum, but he's making judgments about it, linking it instantly to the implementation of the national security law and that the Cultural Revolution should be overemphasized over the Nanjing Massacre. Maybe Professor Vickers can elaborate how many national security laws japan and britain have and how selective history is being taught in japan and britain um uh, okay we're out of time uh, still have a few more but we'll probably have to save those till tomorrow because uh This is obviously a big issue and I'm sure it'll go on for the rest of the week. Um, So thank you very much to um, all of our listeners. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Thanks very much uh, to you, Anna. You're welcome. And to our producer, Yuki. And just before we go to the news summary and morning brew, a quick look at the weather. Sunny intervals today. um, Warm, uh, top temperature around 24 degrees. uh, One or two light rain patches at night. Uh, The outlook, warm during the day. Tomorrow winds will strengthen from the north on Friday And the weather will become cool at night It will be cool over the weekend It's currently 21 degrees Humidity 75%
2: Improve electoral system Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong Remember to cast your vote In the Legislative Council general election On December 19th
4: Living in this city, we all want Hong Kong to have a great future. And your vote can help create a better Hong Kong. The Legislative Council general election will be held on December 19th. Only four days to go. Polling hours are from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. For inquiries, please call 2891 or visit elections.gov.hk. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong.
6: The news summary with Vicky Wong.
4: The government has rejected
6: what it called unfounded allegations about Hong Kong in the latest six-monthly report from the British Foreign Office. Guangzhou has placed an area under lockdown after the city reported its first Omicron coronavirus infection. And the World Health Organization says the Omicron variant is spreading at an unprecedented rate and urged countries to act swiftly to rein in transmission and protect their health systems. I'll have more on these stories at 10 o'clock.
8: It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil
1: Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good
8: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Hello. Excellent. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good night. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. How are you? Good morning. You? Good to see you.
1: On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew.
3: Good morning.
8: Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday here on The Morning Brew. And possibly Ludwig van Beethoven's 251st birthday. Well, we know he was baptized on December the 17th that year, but the previous couple of days are a bit shady. By well, a start again. Welcome to Beethoven's birth couple of days. Either way, it's the perfect time for composer and conductor Colin Touchin to introduce you to some lesser-known music by the man himself. That's at 10:40 this morning. Yay. And after 30 we're going to whiz off to pre-dawn Paris for more wonderful music and chat. Gérard Becco. today from RTL France's Philippe Dovar. And after 12, we're going to meet an Aussie poet and lawyer, Liam Blackford. Liam's collection, A Gateway Has Opened, has just been released by Proverse, and he'll be with us to share some of his contents, read a bit, and generally have a chat. Chris Watts is enjoying a few weeks off, and he'll be back with you sometime in the new year.
1: I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town.
8: Yes, he's coming.
4: Listen, he's making a list, checking